Welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast. My name's Imran, TJ Sutherland, Dan Colacott, with new episodes released on the first and third Mondays of the month. Catch Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast at foreverinelectricdreams.com. Welcome to the Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast. I'm here with my fellow Sultans of Swing, Imran Mirza, Howdy. and TJ Sutherland. How? Oh, you said howdy already, shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> already car crashed the intro. You had one job. <laughs> oh my God. Say, Say hello. hello. That's literally all you have to do. Saying hello proved to be difficult. <laughs> and this it's is the eighth take, Teej. Come on. <laughs> I mean, come on. Let, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm hosting. Let me fuck up the intro. For God's sake, it's my right. <laughs> Um, (laughs) Thank you for joining us on our musically inspired podcast where we are talking about collaborations and crossovers and all kinds of band and solo artist inspired, uh, well, I've already said collaborations, (laughs) what what else can you say? (laughs) Um, musical inter- musings, shenanigans, unions, hijinks. shenanigans, hijinks, um, unions, yes, unions. That's a good one. Um, yeah, and I think the, the the slightly tricky thing to go into before we talk about our favourite musical collaborations and also some of the the worst, some of the ones we really hate that that exist past and present um it's trying to define what what each of us think a musical collaboration is because when we put this out to some of our friends and listeners who we will of course uh, name check as we go through the episode i found it quite interesting to, to to see that everyone every group of people seem to think about what a collaboration is in a different way um, some people seem to look at it as a live performance where two artists are basically they, they might be they might be singing on the same song they might be singing a cover but essentially it's a live performance whereas other people see different kind of covers of songs as a kind of a collaboration um, other people kind of look at remixes other people look at where two different artists have reworked their own song with another artist. So essentially, two artists have come together to, to, to kind of almost like reimagine one of their own songs. So, yeah, it, it got quite confusing when I was kind of looking through the various different choices. But I would say for me, the one thing I would scratch off the list is I don't think any kind of hip-hop or R&B song or, or any song that uses a sample from another track. I don't think that is a collaboration. I don't think that is a crossover. So well, that's guys, like 95% of my list gone then. Shit. <laughs> uh, well, can we, know, can we come back in a couple of days and re-record that? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I, I completely agree. That's uh, Yeah, that's that's just... I mean, if you if you got into that, we'd literally be here for the next... 10 hours going through every bit of uh, music that's been sampled in hip hop and 
Uh, it's funny though. There are sometimes there are legalities that kind of um, uh, what's the right word enforce uh, something to be cited as a collaboration. Because I don't know if you guys know, uh, there was a Mario Winans uh, in the sort of early two thousands. He's a US R and B singer. He did a song called "I Don't Want to Know," and it uh, sampled. Um, Enya, which was uh, also sampled by, you know, the Fugees, Ready or Not, that kind of famous Enya sample. So Amaria Winans, apparently, as surprising as as this is, uh, he didn't know that the Fugees had sampled Enya. He figured it was their original song. So he petitioned to... Apparently he um, didn't want to know. Brilliant. (laughs) Stop the podcast, we're done. (laughs) But he applied for the sample of the Fuji song for his song because it heavily sampled it in the same way Fuji's did. But so the song came out, and then Enya's uh, team managers, record label, etc. And you was listening to Radio One, and and you listens to to, to MTV (laughs) Bass. Is that sort of thing? Um, (laughs) If I come back a bit further, but apparently, you know, they called him up on it as like this is, you know, he was surprised, and they they went the way around it, and he sought it in the appropriate way. But as part of the agreement, the song actually says now uh, Mario One is featuring Enya, and that was a part of the settlement that she would actually get a credit on the song despite it having been recorded years and years and years and years ago so yeah wow. so she's not actually a guest but sometimes legality is kind of enforced that it has to be cited as an actual collaboration which is really interesting well it's interesting yeah. you make that point because i was just thinking about the uh is it little nas x and billy, and billy ray, ray Cyrus. yeah so that yeah so that song it it's won awards and it won Trent Reznor an award because the main sample that they use throughout is from uh, an instrumental Nine Inch Nails song. So he he didn't collaborate with them. I mean, I think he was absolutely fine with it. I think he really really, um, appreciated what they'd done and how they did it. But yeah, he got an award. So is it based on... Is it based around how much of the song? Is it based around how much of the song you use? Is that is that where it's considered? Like, if you use more than say thirty percent, I'm just writing that number. If you use more than thirty percent of of the song or the sample or something like that, is is that what determines whether it turns from a sample into a um, into a collaboration? Or I think he would have got the award based on him having a songwriter's credit on the original composition, I think. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. He would be cited sense. on the Little Nas X song as a songwriter. Uh, he would still be that. So on paper, you would look at it and think, this is, you know, there was a collab, but then at the end, it would probably say, contains a sample or interpolation of dot, dot, dot. But as okay. a songwriter, he he would receive any kind of, praise plaudits and money uh from the song as well <laughs> Could you? Yeah. but i think you're, you're right because that that example it's quite a a long excerpt of the original instrumental but if you think of pm dawn um set adrift on memory bliss on you is that it i got that right yeah, Just one, bliss, yeah. ridiculously long title <laughs> that obviously it doesn't it doesn't cite in the song the song title when you when you see it on YouTube or MTV 
God, that's the past, isn't it? MTV, don't see music on MTV anymore. But when you did, when it first came out, it didn't say featuring uh, Spandau Ballet. Yeah. Mm. There's quite, you know, they're quite heavily sampled throughout. And they even appear in the music video at the end, <laughs> singing. And it's just like, so, but it, it's not, it's not an official collaboration because, again, this is just opinion. They don't, they're not singing their part live on the track, that it's not being recorded with them. It's still sampled. Where, whereas I think, you know, there's examples um, where Pet Shop Boys, Dusty Springfield, where, you know, and even, even God, take that and relight my fire with, um, I forgot Lulu. Lulu, yeah. They're essentially... I knew that way too quick, by the way. <laughs> that was really, really disturbing. But, um, yeah. yeah. Well, can I just say, when we get to favourite collaborations, I wonder what CJ's going to pick. I think it must must be top of the list. I, mean, I need to, I need to re- re- change this around now. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think if... If you've got an artist and they've recorded a song and then they invite another audience, uh, sorry, another artist or band to record a new version of that song where they both, I don't know, they, 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 they both record it, they both sing on it or play on it or whatever. I guess that is a collaboration, even if... But from, the, from those two scenarios, though, I mean, as I understood, I have never looked into it, um, but I, my assumption was that PM Dawn sampled... Uh, Spando Ballet and had Hadley or however many of the members of the band in the video. So those are sort of as so it wasn't necessarily a collaboration. I could be no. so wrong. Uh, but the Lulu right, one was right. a straight up collaboration, wasn't it? They did record a, a, an, an original song together. Was that a song? Is that a, an old song or who? Which one? Which one? It, sorry, the Take That and Lulu one. That's a no, legitimate take, collaboration. Uh, take that. That that was that was, well, that, a, that, was a, that was a cover, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a, a couple, for, yeah. I think so it was that, a Lulu song. Yeah, that, I think that's slightly different because that because that was take that mm-hmm. co- doing a cover of a Lulu song, and but then when they did, and then fresh. when they did the music video, yeah, when they did the music video, and maybe I guess at some point when they performed, she rocked up and sang her what well, sang like a verse, I think, in in no, the song no, or something. Like no, that. she she sings so, on the recorded version. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, but what but what I mean is that was a cover of a Lulu song as opposed to a new song or yes, but they they re- but they still re-recorded it with her. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so then is that count? So is that is that so does that count as a collaboration or a cover? Yeah, I think so because even okay. though, as I said, it can be again, it's opinion. So everyone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can, you know, they can. Right in on our people shouting now. No, it's not a fucking collaboration. It's a fucking cover. And we just sod right off. But yeah, I, I think it, it's really just two artists working together on something that is recorded or played live. That is my interpretation. But you know, it, you can. There are so many probably loopholes around this that. But that's that's. I mean, I, I think as we all know, hip hop generally. Plays pretty fast and loose when it comes oh, to God, it does. legalities and uh, <laughs> samples and, and how they use stuff. So, yeah. When you look at Aerosmith Walk This Way, most people, I know you guys do, but most people don't realize that that was an Aerosmith song that 
that wasn't particularly famous or popular. And then uh, Run DMC was sampling it on tour. Um, and at some yeah, point, I, I don't know when the conversation happened or how it happened or who. I, I think it was yeah. the. I think it was Run DMC's. Oh, I can't remember who approached who, because I think at the time Aerosmith weren't doing particularly well, and then someone maybe approached them and said, "Hey, these guys are sampling your track. Do you want to do a thing with them?" And they went, "Yeah, sure, why not?" And then that's how they regained some of their popularity. That was the yeah. story that I read. Yeah. yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. And but essentially, what they did was, it's an existing Aerosmith track, but they re-recorded the whole thing together with the Run DMC parts. So therefore, I think that's that's a valid collaboration. But it doesn't even have to be... I mean, that that's obviously an amazing example because it's a crossover. It's, a, it's, it's two different genres crossing over to form one song. Whereas I think today, you know, in the, in the noughties, in the last sort of 10 years, I, I don't think there are that many crossovers aside from hip-hop and we could talk for days about hip-hop but it feels like it's more that artists guest on each other's songs um which is a is, is definitely a valid collaboration but it, it, it's less about crossover it's less about you know metal and rap it's it's less about i don't know um, just someone turning up to the studio and getting paid for half a day's work yeah, exactly. And <laughs> um, so I think that's the other um, that's the other five percent of my list gone. Then shit. <laughs> Damn it. Well, well yeah, it, it it's kind of funny. I think um, so much so much music, in my opinion, stays in its own lane these days. You get, I think kind of hip-hop, soul, R&B, there's elements of those that are going to cross over into pop. But I don't think you get... You're less likely to see, uh, you know, rock and rap crossovers. I... I don't know that I would dispute that. I don't know why I took so long to answer to say that. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I would dispute that, but or more say that I f- find... I mean, I, I'm fucking old so i've no idea what's going on in the in the kids music these days however like i've think i i, I don't know is there is it more a case of rather than um straightforward this is rap this is rock mash them together and let's do a collaboration it feels kind of like things are becoming a bit more uh homogenized is that if that's a word like everything's kind of blending into each other so like you know pops blending into r&b blending into a little bit of hip-hop a little bit of rock and and like everything's kind of taking inspiration from everything else and in some cases creating whole new genres or and whatever but there, there seems to be like an influence of a little bit of everything in like when you look up and down chart music and that and um a lot of the stuff that's created it it feels like a lot of it's you know, it's got little elements of a bit of everything in there, as opposed to, and I guess if if you're looking to class, everything's kind of called pop because it's, you know, popular music. But, you know, a lot of popular music has got elements of, you know, 
soul hip hop R and B, but not in, not in its not in their purest forms, but in a kind of you know does that make does that make sense or am I just changing it? <laughs> like no, I, mean, I I agree I agree completely. I think that there are so many elements. Um, I I suppose when you look at kind of hip hop in particular, I mean hip hop was built on the back of other music of of the sampling yeah. of other music. So hip hop rapping over over rock. Uh, music or uh, classic soul music, uh, you know, they, samples, or reggae yeah. music. You know, it was all based on yeah. samples, so it, it gave it that freedom to fuse with all these, uh, con- you know, continually varied uh, elements. And I think that's, in many ways, that's been the secret of its continual existence because it could, from a commercial perspective, continue to jump on evolving trends. When Spanish evolve, music, for instance, yeah. Carlos Santana was massive, boom, he was mm. he would put in rappers on his, you know, his record, Cedo Green, uh, Lauren Hill was on the, were on the Supernatural record. And you and get a lot of the Afro, Afro beats and that sort of stuff. As, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Of, like dominating. And, yeah. And with the rock stuff, you look at groups like what Limp Bizkit did in like late nineties, early noughties, Linkin Park, uh, you know, have a huge element of hip hop in their music and, as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, if you watch kind of, 90s top of the pops there wasn't a single there was a time where there wasn't a single um pop song in the top 20 that didn't have a rapping middle section it it, it was sorry sorry can can we just i I know there's no way to kind of properly do this on a podcast but can we just take rapping in air quotes out now (laughs) just to to emphasize just how loose uh description where we're calling the rapping well not everything could be as hardcore as george michael's wham rap obviously nothing could be as hardcore as an underground and backpack rap like that That, yeah but (laughs) sacred now don't 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 miss but i I saw one the other day and I, i remember listening to her and and she is someone that i was surprised hasn't come up on more kind of more of those list shows that they that they have on fairly crap channels like Channel 5. Um, but yeah, Betty Boo, uh, she, she was on top of the pops the other wow. day, and I was like, hang on, I didn't realise in virtually every song the 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 verse is her doing a air quote, air, massive air quotes rap before the, before the chorus. And I was like, oh my God, I, how did I not remember this? And then... A bit later, I, I think late late nineties. <laughs> late nineties, there was a yeah, terrible. There was a a swing that went the other way, where suddenly a lot of um, rock stars um, decided to do, no, no, sorry, rap stars decided to do rock. Like there, yes. there's records where Vanilla Ice has done a rock song. And obviously, Ice Cube did Body Count. Um, trying to think, that's a, that's a lot more of my list that's just being checked off now. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to shout out to Luke Spicer for all the uh, the nineties uh, rap and rock collaborations that I've got listed here. Go on. <laughs> and there's some good ones on that list, but um, yeah, I think it, it was kind of really interesting that that suddenly a lot of a lot of quite big mainstream rap artists decided that they needed to do rock. Who's the other one? Well, Kid Rock. I mean, Kid Rock, I guess you, you could argue the, the clue is in the name, but I think... Oh, I've, got, I've got a doozy for Kid Rock. 
easy of a collaboration. Okay, I, I can tell both of you are itching to give us some of your best collaborations, but I'm going to start with Imran first. Imran, baby, <laughs> could you could you line up baby, some baby. of your baby baby? baby. Could you li- could you line up some of your favorite collaborations? There's there's two I I really wanted to 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 cite. Obviously, we the three of us come from vastly different musical backgrounds. So I've certainly uh, in, not backgrounds, but the stuff that we all listen to. So, but I um, I'm, I'm picking things that everyone knows ultimately. But there was there's one that I really uh, made a heck of a lot of noise when it was initially released by sort of not, I don't think people have kind of forgot how impactful I think it was, but I absolutely have to cite uh, Christina Aguilera uh, working with uh, DJ Premier uh, for her 2006 album. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that the album was back to basics and the lead single uh, was uh, ain't no other man. And she apparently approached him. And so just to establish this, DJ Premier from one half of uh, 90s, well, I think it predates, I think they started like 89 or something like that. Uh, yeah, uh, late, late 80s. Yeah. Uh, hip-hop group <clears throat> Gangstar, uh, DJ Premier. Uh, My favorite guru. DJ. He's he's just an absolute so, legend. So he's he's so incredibly good producer for obviously Gangstar, producer on uh, all of Nas's key albums, producer for Jay Z on uh, Reasonable Doubt, Notorious B.I.G. He was as rugged. What a decent and raw. resume. It's a, it's as, it's as, it's as perfect a resume for for hip hop as you could possibly get. He he did step out in like the nineties. He did do some R and B stuff, some jazz remixes uh, for like D'Angelo and Omar, Loose Ends, um, you know. But nothing necessarily, you know. We've already kind of bracketed R and B and hip hop within that kind of same sort of umbrella. Um, but for t- so this is two thousand and six. So kind of pop and hip hop weren't you know, those lines were meshing fairly well, um, but it was really stars, you know, like Britney Spears and the Neptunes or Timberland or Missy Elliott, A-list, mega, mega, mega stars. Um, But for Aguilera to do half an album with DJ Premier, I mean, she approached him apparently saying she wants to capture the kind of mood from jazz thing that he kind of established with these old like 50s, 60s samples of old jazz records. And he made a pop record. He openly made a pop record. And and it's funny because I remember thinking, like I remember just being mind blown that this was happening and this was like a hit record. It was like the lead single from the album. It did incredibly well. And I just remember thinking, I can't, like this is incredible. This is, you know, being a fan of him for as long as as I was I'm sure you guys as well for him to kind of delve into this 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 whole pop realm but the brilliance of Primo is he didn't stay there he left it just as quickly and I think his next project was like Royce the Five Nine or some you know crumb snatcher another you know underground hip-hop star that (laughs) no one who bought a Christine Aguilera record would have subsequently you know done that and he's done a few R&B stuff since but he's never done anything as you know, mainstream commercial as that. And I give her all the credit in the world. That was like 2006. And that as a collab blew my mind entirely. I'm uh, shocked it wasn't, a, it wasn't one of Prince's many collaborations, to be honest. I know. I mean, there aren't that many. Prince, uh, you know, he goes in the studio, makes a record by himself, 
and that's yeah he doesn't really you know he collabs with various musicians and sort of thing but there's not a huge mm. amount you can really cite for prince um okay yeah him and maceo yeah. parker i'd say that was a big one for me for prince but yeah i thought from a pop realm boom this one was was the first one i thought of so the the single was ain't no other man yeah yeah yeah, I didn't actually know yeah. that that was um, produced by oh, really? DJ Premier. Yeah, he does like that. five or six songs on the album. It's a great, um, it's a great song as well. Great yeah, tune. yeah. And you can hear that jazz thing kind of nature to it as well. Uh, if you go mm. back and listen to yeah, that, that gangster, it's one of my favorite gangster tunes. Um, and yeah, she approached him. He apparently said, "Do you, you know who I am?" And it's like, it's like, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm I'm for you. And she went, "No, this is what I want." And, yeah, uh, <laughs> incredible. Just, yeah, mind blown by the fact that she did that. So, yeah, I thought that was super cool. Wow. Good choice. So, TJ, hit hit us with one of your faves. I'm really I'm gutted, actually. I've gone off game, Ran. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gutted going after Imran. And this is the last time I'm ever going after Imran when we talk music because Imran just, like, is so flipping eloquent, like, annoyingly eloquent and knowledgeable. <laughs> And I'm literally going to go, yeah, like these guys. Cool. Next. No. no. That's it. No. Um, no. <laughs> um, no, I think I think for me, um, so kind of incorporating, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really boring as well in my choices, so sorry. Um, but kind of incorporating, like, oh, possibly my two <clears throat> favorite music genres. Um, so, like, hip-hop and rock. Um, and like I say, I'm going to be really boring and go, uh, Run DNC and Aerosmith walk this way. I think just for, you know, at the time, the kind of impact it had in terms of like, it was, um, crossover to a clear crossover of two genres, uh, really cool sample, really cool video kind of, Great you know, video, yeah. yeah, you know, it's, I, I just, it's, it's just something that's kind of stuck with me it got huge um huge uh hugely popular with uh both areas i think like you know i think rockheads loved it and i think hip-hop heads loved it as well i think it it balanced things quite nicely between the two genres and wasn't too much one way or the other so um yeah that's the that's definitely like one that's uh stuck with me and uh also um another one again bridging rap and kind of rock um jay-z and linkin park um again a, a, a bit of an obvious one but you know number hardcore like jay-z one of the one of the best you know rappers of all time in my opinion um linkin but park. there's an interesting one about that isn't there because it essentially it, it's a re it's it's a remix but somehow yeah. because they performed it live together it becomes something more than just a really well, they recorded it live as well together like it oh, was it, it was initially a mashup project oh, from okay. shinoda but they reached out and to him to it, say and... yeah they oh. said look we're, we're kind of doing this we'd love you to be a part of it like we'd love your blessing obviously but will you come in and re-record stuff so he actually yeah he did go in and record and re-record oh, his nice. verses for it yeah so it is it does certainly nice. counts i think as a as a collaboration as well yeah but again, you know, like two incredible artists, you know, incredible, absolutely incredible song. Um, 
yeah, just again, just works. It it it, it finds that good balance between rock and you know the lyric. I mean, Linkin Park are, are, are quite uh, not quite are very you know lyrical anyway, and they they again, like, as I think as you mentioned earlier, Dan, they kind of hit that came out of that point. You know, the kind of not wanting to compare Limp Biscuit and Linkin Park because I think some people would probably shoot me, but <laughs> um, but the, you know there was a sound of that time that you know that kind of uh, skater skater park kind of sound and um, new metal, you know, yeah, yeah, new metal, and you know, um, I think uh, you know that they, you know, that that tune just felt felt like a perfect fit for both the both those artists. So, so yeah, both of those uh, definitely. Um, loves of mine, I think, and um, I have to give a shout out to Wyclef and The Rock. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Incredible tune! Incredible tune. Um, no, it's a, it, I want to get it's a shit tune, but it, the video is just amazing. The, vid, the video elevates the song to a level of I love this tune. It's, it's like a guilty, guilty pleasure tune. Anytime I watch that video, I just I just smile and it makes. I suppose we went we went into that as rock fans, I imagine, like or the rock fans, and sort of see. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, just that part (laughs) is so funny. It's just yeah, it's it's just hilarious, but yeah, that's me. Great tune, nice. So, um, man, you've already telegraphed where I'm going to go with my choices, but I think the the wider um the wider topic around where i some of my favorite collaborations all come from and again it's something which i think you you still do get this um i think the black panther soundtrack i think some of the fast and furious soundtracks still do this quite well oh god that black panther soundtrack is so good <laughs> Yeah, so there were so many soundtracks that came out in the 90s for a whole host of films, some of which the films themselves were pretty poor. Like it, mm. like today, I think probably good soundtracks go with a good film, but um, in the 90s, there were, there were films like Spawn and um, Judgment Night. And Mortal Kombat. Uh, yeah, Mortal Kombat, that's another good example. There were a lot of also horror films like Queen of the Damned. Um there were numerous soundtracks which for some reason it, it almost seemed like a challenge for whoever was producing those soundtracks to bring together some of the most unlikely collaborations that you'll ever see um and create you know, not all of them were were good. Some of the some of the collaborations were just just absolutely terrible. But there were, I think, there were more hit, hits than misses. And you know, um, we we discussed this uh, earlier. You could literally probably pick any song from the Judgment Night soundtrack um, and say that they were awesome crossovers. But to give give Specific examples: the actual um, the headline track, track "Judgment Night," which was Onyx and Biohazard, who were both at the time I think pretty much 
on the top of their game. They were really popular. And then also there was a song called Fallen, which was Teenage Fan Club and Della Soul. And yeah, I mean, there was there's numerous other kind of collaborations on the album, Booyah Tribe, Faith No More. It, it is just one of the most incredible kind of crossover albums that has ever been. Um, and I don't think anything's kind of topped it since. But we also mentioned the Spawn soundtrack and there's a, a song called Trip Like I Do, which oh, is... that's such a good tune. It's incredible, oh. you know. Featuring uh, the the rock kind of that. rock industrial band filter. You say the rock. I know. <laughs> <laughs> rock again. He went from white cleft. <laughs> Can you trip like I do? Um, yeah, it, was, it doesn't uh, matter if you trip like I do. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, it was uh, filter and crystal method who were oh, yeah, that was it. A, a really big kind of sort of dance breakbeat um, band at that time. Um, but yeah, I think I think also one that I always find really kind of fun to kind of drop in the mix is Electric Six and Jack White, Danger High Voltage, just because purely no one has actually ever confirmed 100% that Jack White did the vocals um, okay. or the the second vocal part but um yeah i think that's a a really strange one and also i don't know if either of you have ever heard the soundtrack uh peeping tom well so it's not a soundtrack it's a it's a pure collaboration album no has anyone heard of that no no well it, it it just the fact it has a song called sucker with mike Patton and nora jones is just brilliant it, it's just um a duo a duet if you like that just shouldn't work that those those two artists you'd never expect them to be on the same album and i think it's just yeah a really fantastic track um as you, as you mentioned about a uh, soundtrack yeah. I, I, you, you reminded me of um <clears throat> did either of you ever listen to um the south park album called chef aid <laughs> yeah, yeah. That had some really random. I just, I just looked up the some of the tracks because I was like, I'm sure I remember there being some really random collaborations on there. And there's, there's some tracks, and there's one with Ozzy Osbourne, DMX, Old Dirty Bastard, Crystal Method, um, all in one track. <laughs> um, Mace, Puff Daddy, and System of a Down. <laughs> Wow. Nice. Um, yeah, there's this. It's just a real mishmash of all sorts of random people. Isaac Hayes and Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> <Say Wow. no. laughs> but yeah. yeah, it was just. I don't know. What, I don't know what it was. It was just the '90s, in particular. Maybe some of the early noughties because you had um, you had uh, Limp Biscuit were. I think that they they Everywhere. produced one of the Mission Impossible albums. They uh, did. Uh, they did. Uh, I don't know if they did the album. I know that they did the like theme music the title to the track. movies. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe they did the title track. Yeah, yeah, they did. Maybe it was just the title track. But um, but yeah, it it was really strange that uh, all '90s soundtracks, no matter how crap the film was, 
became this real fertile breeding ground for just some of the most unlikely artists to actually work together on songs that you you just you know you just don't see i don't know you you just really don't see those kind of um random collaborations anymore can i add one to that list it's actually 2002 uh but the blade 2 soundtrack oh yes uh yeah i was gonna mention that yeah yeah, the collabs on that are insane i mean massive attack and most death uh paul oakenfold and ice cube ronnie size and cypress hill uh boy slim and eve like every single record every single song original song with a complete mishmash of complete meeting of the mind sort of thing uh in, yeah insane track list for that one and and the same i think for the crow and crow 2 soundtracks there's some really awesome um and kind of random collaborations on those i'm but, totally um, getting back and listen to a shitload of soundtracks now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think um it i mean on the whole it, it seems to be that dance music or dance dj kind of rap artists, metal, there, there seems to be a theme through a lot of those sort of soundtrack albums, as well as some really shit nuts collaborations that you just, you know, well, you just... That, that was going to be a question of mine, actually. Like, I've, I found just in, like, researching this and a lot of the suggestions, again, shout out to everyone who um, I did a chat on Facebook to get some uh, suggestions for this and so many people contributed so i really appreciate that um but a lot of it was a lot of the better ones i've got some i've got a list of good and bad here um but a lot of the better ones tend to revolve around you know again that kind of hip-hop r&b rock type thing and it it seems that it feels like there's a a a kind of synergy between hip-hop and rock or hip-hop and metal um largely any thoughts around why that might be in terms of you know whether it's you know consistent themes or the the way they sound or i don't know it feels like it's the same kind of same energy and attitude to it like i think it's not it's never middle middle ground really it's all it's always kind of music that kind of has something to say or at least Mm. has some sort of uh, venom bite to the to the music. I was actually thinking. Yeah. Sorry, just quickly another one I remember from the Raid soundtrack, because um, Mike Shinoda pretty much yeah he did. I think he produced the entire soundtrack to the the first Raid film, and one of the the tracks has um, Chino from Deftones in it. Razors out. Oh, nice. And that's amazing track. Absolutely amazing, and it's pretty much. It's got the. It feels like an epic rock song, but it's not. It's it's more an electronic. It's more a dance tune than it is a, a rock tune. But yeah. I'm not listening yeah, to the Raid soundtrack actually. Let's check that hmm? out. I'm not yeah, listening I, to the Raid soundtrack actually. I have to check that out. It, yeah, it's 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 pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean, Shinoda is a. Well, we've we've mentioned him about four times already. He's a a, a talented guy. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess we. I, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer to your question, TJ. I don't really know why why rock and hip hop seem to go so well together. 
But well, I think I think I think you kind of you kind of nailed part of it there in terms of the energy um, of the two genres. You know, they can be quite both intense, um, super lyrical, and you know, tend to have a message. Depending yeah, I think on, like rebellious nature of it as well. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's a good call. Um, so maybe, maybe, maybe now. We're kind of full of positivity, but we should delve into some the of the <laughs> some of the many missteps and fuck ups that that are out there. Um, this is the fun part. This is the part I think everyone <laughs> wants to listen to. Everyone's like, "Yeah, no, I know what no, I, you know. I know the nice stuff. I, you know, I want to know about the really shit, crazy. What the fuck were they thinking of when they decided to get together?" That's the part people are interested in. <laughs> well, that, That's why we are... waited until the end of the podcast, so you had to listen to all the other shit beforehand, and now you get to this bit. Well, well I'll tell you what, <laughs> before we go to that, let, let's do let's do some call outs of um, other other examples of good collaborations from from our listeners and friends. So I'll start. I'll just do Sonic Youth and Lydia Lunch, Death Valley sixty nine, which was. Uh, sent in by Mihai Kukos. Um, also, and I don't, nice. I don't really know where this exists, but apparently Johnny Cash, Rick Rubin, and John Frusante from uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers did a load of, I presume it's live covers of Depeche Mode songs. But yeah, yeah so check that one out. That that came in from Johnny Prosser. So, TJ, do you want to call out some of the uh, friends and listeners' choices? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it, it, the, I obviously posted on my uh, on my Facebook and uh, got quite an animated conversation going um, amongst my friends. So, um, uh, so yeah, uh, shout out to Ollie. Ollie came up with a few, um, a few really good ones. Uh, he shouted out Jay-Z, Linkin Park. Um, Eminem Dido, uh, Stan he said he didn't like the tune, but he did appreciate, he did appreciate the collaboration. <laughs> so not sure if that's a good or a, a good or a bad one or not. Um, he also shouted out, uh, Mary J. Blige and Method Man, You're All I Need, which oh, is a, that's a great story. track. Yeah, great, great, great track. Um, what else we got in there? So Public Enemy and Anthrax, Bring the Noise. Oh yeah, from my yeah. mate Frank. Um, shout out to Nick who uh, uh, Nick DeCosta gave gave uh, gave a suggestion of Vic Reeves and the Wonder Stuff with Dizzy. <laughs> Again, <laughs> not sure if that's a good one or not. Maybe feel good. I don't know. Maybe. Um, what else we got here? Lady Gaga and Beyonce from uh, my mate Susie Parsons. Uh, that that tune is telephone. I I quite like that tune as well. Actually, I think that's a good collaboration between those two. Um, you mentioned shout out to Matt Chambers. Um, he uh, suggested one you mentioned earlier as well, Dan. Faith in the Moor and Booyah Tribe. Ah, um, another body right. murdered. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um, and again, uh, another shout out to Luke Spicer. Yeah, he. He gave me a shout out for a bunch of kind of nineties rap and rock collaborations. So um Buster Rhymes and Ozzy Osbourne, This Means War. Um DMX and Marilyn Manson, The Omen. Oh wow. Um 
Limp Bizkit and Method Man in Together Now. I do remember that one. That's a great that's tune. Decent, that's I, I adore track. that record. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's it for me. Good ones. Nice. So bad ones. <laughs> let let the darkness commence. Imran, start us over on some of um, the really terrible collaborations that should never have existed in the first place. Well, you just burn. said one of them. The darkness mm-hmm. and De La Soul. Oh, <laughs> you just, you just, you throwed it. I'll Yikes. be honest, I completely <laughs> forgot about it, and then you just said, "Let us know about the darkness." <laughs> oh, oh my yeah. god, that was intentional. This was the conversation as well that started this entire episode. Uh, we should actually shout out episode thirty-one, our, our music rebel episode, which is where we got a bit derailed at the end. Uh, we started talking about. Um, collaborations and good ones and bad ones and I cited uh, De La Soul and The Darkness well excuse me it wasn't The Darkness it was Justin Hawkins wasn't it it was yeah specifically yeah. yeah and I think this is one that you liked isn't it, it watch it the backtrack now it... watch the backtrack <laughs> <laughs> when I say I don't like it what I mean no, was <laughs> I agree with your point is in it's it's not it shouldn't be a collaboration because it's essentially two songs, two halves that right. are completely different, completely different paced, completely different everything. And it doesn't really make sense that you would have, you know, the first section is De La Soul um, singing, not singing, sorry, rapping. And then they, they stop rapping completely. And then it's Justin Hawkins wailing. And I think they might come <laughs> back in slightly right at the very end but it's not it just doesn't make any sense but i I don't mind the two elements it's just it shouldn't be on the same track Mm, yeah it it wasn't a a track that sort of worked for me but the 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 specific one that i I was actually gonna say i don't know why this is the only one i for some reason i had real difficulty coming up with a with bad ones but this this the one that i just couldn't shake and i wasn't going to say it but i just i can't i just couldn't shake it uh was a track by i think this infuriates me uh for and i'll just be met with blank faces following my description <laughs> and i'll edit accordingly but i'll, in, I'll include a laughter track as i'm talking um but <laughs> it's <laughs> there was a there's a track by timberland on his like massive selling album uh, called Shock Value. Uh, and okay. the first half is fairly traditional Timberland fare. The second half, he gets very uh, eclectic. And, and, and for me, I thought mostly successful collaborations with uh, like Fallout Boy, which was a real surprise. Uh, the Hives as well, another surprise. But I really enjoy the songs. Uh, this is also the album that had his very popular One Republic song or their first song, the Apologize song. Um, so it had that, but there's a song at the end which uh, features Elton John, and that's you know in theory it's, it's it's sort of a surprising collab. But you know Elton John, I guess has he has hip hop credentials now. He you know performed with Eminem. He is on the last <laughs> Tribe Called Quest album on a great record. Um, true, true. So you know it's you know, fair enough. Um, and but Elton John doesn't sing on the song; he just plays piano. Now the first thing that drives me insane about the song is that it's called two man show and it's so it's timberland featuring elton john in a song called two man show and that's the implication that it is the two of them on a song the song has a bassist 
it has a cellist, it has a co-producer, and it has a 19-person choir. Who are the two people in this 22-person song? Wow. (laughs) It drives me insane. It really drives me crazy. It's not a two-man show at all. It's like 22. It really winds me up. This is is one of those weird things. This is one of those weird things you just get angry about for no like I, real reason apart from of, just yeah. one little pedantic thing. I'm the king of irrational rage. I was expecting rage. two men in this song with no assistance and you gave me a, a choir. What the hell? But the song itself, I'll be honest, I've never made it the whole way through the song. So because you're starts, so enraged about the choir, no, I, I, I tried to get past. I tried to get past that. Why'd you hit? Why, why'd you hit choirs in? Ren? No, what, I love what, the choir, but call the song Thirty Two Man Show." Don't call it Two Man Show." <laughs> so in the song, wow. the song itself is so weird because it starts. And then within a few seconds, Elton John's piano starts to play. And then Timberland says, not yet, Elton. And the piano stops. <laughs> it's like you're, you're chastising Elton What's John that? for playing piano on your song. And then it starts again. It's like some piano Elton, notes can you start. just not play the piano? <laughs> Elton, leave! The, leave! The, the, the piano thing's over now. Just do something else. Just pick up the saxophone and start blowing on it. <laughs> But he, so he starts to play and then Tim, but Tim says, not yet, Elton. He says, not yet, Elton. And he stops. Waits a few seconds. He starts to play again on the piano. Not yet, Elton. And it stops. And then he goes, now. And then he starts flowing, like playing. And then for some reason, Timberland starts going, go ahead, gentlemen. Go ahead, gentlemen. It's like, why, why gentlemen? Because he's English. Like you're just saying, he's just, you're just chanting gentlemen, gentlemen. I don't, I don't understand that. And then it just, Timberland, there's no one singing, or you have the choir, obviously, but there's no lead vocal. But Timberland talks throughout the whole song, basically telling you how good the song is. So, because this sounds so good, don't you agree? What a, wow, what a song. What a, what a great song. <laughs> and it's like, stop telling me how good this song is when it's the worst song I've heard in recent memory. And then the choir come in, and they, I don't know who wrote their part, but I won't try and say what they say because it's so nonsensical and it would be like I've written it. But it's just the uh, just the worst thing I've ever heard. It really, really is. And it just rakes up. It's the only thing I couldn't really think of. To- La- ladies and gentlemen, all of, this, all of anyone that's listening to this, Imran Mirza is the most positive person you probably ever meet in your life. Like he's he's normally like full of life and sunshine and, and lightness and and generally doesn't really pay anything. He's not got a bad word to say about anyone. The fact he's ranting for the past three, four minutes about this song tells you just how much it pissed him off. It really like, did. I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> I've never heard you rant so hate, much about a single... Putting, <laughs> I, I hate putting negativity I really in. Hope, I really, oh, but, God, I really hope this finds its way to Timberland somehow. But, oh, That's going to be amazing. Oh, my God. How dare he be factually incorrect in the title of a song? What's wrong, Timberland? Can't you count? <laughs> but it's, you know, I, from what I hear, Elton John and Timberland have both gone on to do great things. So, uh, <laughs> so they both to get past well. that one. Yeah, they've both done really, really well. And I'm sure my, you know, minor criticism uh, will will not impact uh, their, their subsequent I think they'll careers. be okay. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think they'll be able to, to, to move past this and, you know... Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna jump in because <laughs> save this dying bit, please. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm kind of unfortunately 
going to put a bit more shade on Timberland because oh, no. he's just oh, oh yes, I know where you're going. wow. This is the I Wait. Hate Timberland podcast. <laughs> well, it, it's re- it's really funny because I think it, I don't know it. It's one of those sacred things in rock that 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 certain genres, you know, certain artists should should never create a dance album. I think it's one of those things it's <laughs> oh, not allowed to do. Um, but for some reason, Chris Cornell, um, at, at a oh, time I when I guess mo- most of most of the, the the kind of Soundgarden and Chris Cornell fan base were desperate for him to do another Audio Slave album or another mm-hmm. Soundgarden album, and instead he did. Um, he went a bit left kind of, <laughs> Yeah, this really weird dance uh, album produced by Timberland called Scream. And yeah, we, we did discuss this on, on a previous podcast. And I, I was trying to kind of, I don't know, I actually listened to the title song thinking it was going to be pure hot garbage. <laughs> it wasn't as bad as I remembered. Ah. I, kind of, I was listening to it and thinking, you know what, this is, this isn't that bad. It, uh, I can't, I do... I do remember the rest of the album also being pretty terrible, and I think I only listened to it once and never touched it again. But I have to say, I did come back to it and and listen to this the title track and think, you know what, this you know there's so much worse out there. So yeah, I just wanted to to, to throw that that one in while we were talking about Timberland. That's nice that you've changed your mind a little bit. Yeah, well, I think I don't know. I, th- I think turned around. The, yeah, well, back in the well, this was the noughties, I suppose. It it just felt like because it, because it, well, me personally, you know, I, I wanted more Audio Slave. I wanted Soundgarden, or or even just he he did um he did a uh, solo kind of semi acoustic album called um, Euphoria Morning, which is pretty good. Um, it, it was a pretty good album, and I kind of thought. Oh, he's going to do that. He's going to do another. He's going to do a follow up to it, and then suddenly this this weird sort of dance pop album came out with all the kind of weird auto tune, and I'm I'm sure it's got Justin Timberlake's on the album, and and you're just like, what on earth? What the hell is going on? <laughs> you know, what one of the the biggest um, rock vocalists of all time. And and suddenly he's you know in the studio laying down beats with Timberland and you're like yeah this just doesn't feel right but yeah I think I maybe I, I do it a disservice. Um, so Iman, is are those your your only pet hates? Is there yeah, any more? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and save my <laughs> enough face. hate for a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try and save some faith uh, and, uh, and 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 leave it there. <laughs> Well, okay, then. So, It'd be like calling this a two-man podcast. It doesn't make sense. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm let it go. Let it go. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of angst there. We've, um, we've, we've really burst uh, an unpleasant bubble. Right. TJ, give me some yes. of your, um, cool. your peeves in musical form. Um, so 
Timberland. <laughs> I'm just ragging on Timberland. Now. Oh no, <laughs> fucking Timberland. Um, I. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through. I, I I have a list of uh, terrible collaborations. Again, contributed to us by uh, my friends on Facebook. Because uh, people seem quite animated by this this topic uh, more than any other. Um, people apparently love a bad collaboration, but um, yeah, let's let's dive into the to the the list, shall we? Um, so <laughs> this first one, some of these I've heard, some of them, some of them I haven't. So I, I, you may have heard of them, and if you have, give me let me know. Um, Joe Butler sh- um, shouted out to sorry, shout out to Joe Butler for this one, Sting and Shaggy. Apparently collaborated on a song. Uh, yes, they did, uh, and a whole I, album. Oh uh, wow! Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I've That's... known about this one for a while, and just before we went on, I've I've always wanted to listen to some of it. And just before we we met up now, I actually listened to. There's like two videos that I saw on YouTube. And I mean, then... I guess in a, in a in a weird way, you know, the police were heavily influenced by reggae. Yes. So, uh, um, Ozzy Osbourne and Miss Piggy, Born to Be what? Wild. <laughs> Shout out to Ben McCarthy for that one. Yeah, that oh, that fuck. happened. Yeah, that I Ozzy, Ozzy Osbourne's done a lot of terrible things, and I'm not oh. even talking about the the terrible terrible things, like just in terms of collaborations. <laughs> Um, shout out to Neil Stone for this one Lou Reed and Metallica apparently they they did a whole album as well called Lulu Uh, I believe that's what it was yeah fucking terrible (laughs) I I wouldn't expect it to have been decent at all It, it, it just like this is one of my pet peeves because Oh god, here we go. These Buckle these are two, <laughs> two of my fa- yeah. Yeah, like I like Lou Reed. Yeah. I like Metallica. Yeah. But, but not at the same time. <laughs> not at the same time. Like because the whole point of Metallica is I appreciate they do do some almost like ballady style big rock songs like yeah. nothing else matters but I don't know for this entire album they had to slow it down. Everything's really slow and not in any way metal. Like, yeah. they're, trying to, they're trying to do it all. It's, it's like they've invited their Soft granddad. <laughs> you know, they've invited their granddad and they're going, kind of, oh, like, look, granddad, we'll, we'll play a bit slower. <laughs> you can do your bit. All right. Can you, can, uh, you, can you just, lads, can you just, just turn it down a little bit? Yeah. yeah thanks. <laughs> can we... Can we can we turn the turn the bass off and can you not do that, please? It's it's really annoying me. I just want to do. Okay, Granddad. All right, we'll 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 we'll, we'll do can it. We your, can we have it less shouty? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no no shouting. And uh, can we turn the guitars off and do it acoustic, please? Um, shout out to Ollie. Uh, another one from Ollie. Def Leppard and Taylor Swift. When love and hate collide. Oh. I'm not even sure how that could work, but sure. Um, shout out to Francis, Dane Bowers, and Posh Spice. Out of your mind, I do remember that one actually. <laughs> I, I remember that. Yeah, fucking awful. Like, just, like that was yeah. really bad auto tune as well, wasn't it? Because neither of them could sing. Yeah. Uh, well, I think Dane Bowers can 
can or could sing a bit, but Posh just definitely could not sing at all. Um, <laughs> shout out to Gav. Uh, my mate Gav, uh, Method Man in Texas. See, I, uh, oh, I yeah, it's a collaboration this. Mm. this was on yeah, the Brits show, uh, in 98, I think it was. And it was, it was Say What You Want. So basically, so this takes us back to Dan's earlier interpretation of what is a collaboration. Cause I, I watched the performance, um, on YouTube. It's available out there somewhere. And it is essentially Texas singing Say What You Want and then Method Man rapping every so often in the middle of it. So I guess, is that collaboration? I guess it is. It was a performance together. Yeah, it's a performance together, yeah. I think it's, I mean, you could say the same for um, Stan, Eminem and Dido, because Dido's song in its entirety exists. Mm. Yeah. So does... I Stan, think is yeah. it a version of Stan without Dido? I don't know, but there's uh, definitely a version of the Dido song without Eminem. Yeah, her song "Thank You" existed first. He heard it, and I don't know how he made the connection because I mean, if you hear her song, yeah, for him to have had, I guess you know, give him all the credit to have seen it the way he did, I never would have listened to her her original and thought, yeah. Give this to Eminem. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't understand how he, yeah, he made. A old one. He had a yeah, but it worked. It's it's a it's a great 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 record. But I don't know if she actually resung her parts because her chorus is the same on her version, isn't it? So I'm not sure it if is. she actually if it's maybe yeah, a complete sample. I have no idea. It point. could be, but yeah, I think as we, as I said at, at the start of the show, they they they, they both versions, both the um, uh, Texas and Wu-Tang song and the Stan song, they they did them live. They they actually did, yeah. you know, sing and rap them. And, the, 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 and also the, the Method Man rap part of the song wasn't a, a, a different song. It was done specifically for that performance. So, ah. yeah. Yeah. A um, couple more. Uh, a couple of corkers that uh, I found. So, uh, Katy Perry and Snoop Dogg. California girls. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Snoop I've not Dogg's heard not, it, but it sounds bad already. Snoop Dogg's not done great things since Doggy Style. <laughs> Snoop um, Dogg is like the Nick Cage of hip hop, isn't he? Where he could do like a, much. he could like, he could <laughs> do a gangster record analogy. tomorrow with Dr. Dre <laughs> and everyone would like, yeah, that's cool. But then he could do a Katy Perry record the next day and it would be like, yeah, Snoop Dogg, he could totally do that. <laughs> like, do and I mean, that's a, yeah, yeah Snoop Dogg. <laughs> exactly. And like Nick Cage could do an Oscar performance tomorrow and then boom, is he going to do Drive is Crazy he, is he gonna, or something. Is he, is he going to do an Oscar performance tomorrow, though? <laughs> drive angry, I think it is. What did I say? Yeah, drive crazy. Drive, drive really, drive really mad. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, couple more. So, Blue and Stevie Wonder. Science oh, Seal wow. Delivered. Although, I think that was that was in the realm. They, they did a cover of Science Seal Delivered, and then they somehow managed to convince Stevie Wonder to do a video with them. Wow. So I guess he must have been not busy that weekend. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, shout out to my, my, my good bud, Nick Davey. Uh, his one was Chris Martin with everyone else. <laughs> 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 uh, 
there may be some shade being thrown towards Chris Martin, I, I, I believe, in this instance. But yes, anything Chris Martin does with anyone, including his band Coldplay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, <clears throat> last two, Sheryl Crow. As uh, uh, this is a shout out to a guy you mentioned earlier, Sheryl Crow and Kid Rock did a collaboration on a song. Oh, did they? Yes, Damn. they did. That's weird as hell. Um, and my favourite one that I found myself, Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian. What? Did a song called BFA, <laughs> which stands for Best Friend's Ass. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it does. That's, is this real? The wow. song is Paris Hilton singing about her best friend's ass. I don't even think, I'm not even sure it's a collaboration, to be honest. I think Kim Kardashian's in the video and she's singing about Kim Kardashian's ass. And the the song is credited, Paris Hilton featuring Kim Kardashian, but I don't believe Kim actually sings in the track. I didn't actually listen to all of it, funnily enough. Um, But yeah, (laughs) that's a thing that exists out there. Go find it. It's on YouTube. It's weird. That was not me out for some reason. I don't know why, but I'm like, oh, okay. That's, the, I, that's why I saved it to last. <laughs> <laughs> On that bombshell, thanks, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for coming. I'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I can follow that. You can't follow that. That's, that's it. It's absolutely possible. <laughs> Well, uh, breathing in. Um, so I'm going to call out one which, if you if you just Google the worst collaborations um, out there or worst crossovers, then the track that comes up on the top, or at least the top three in virtually every list, which makes me laugh, um, is Dancing in the Street, uh, oh, David Bowie uh, and Mick Jagger. Yeah, that, I saw that on a few lists actually. I was I was reticent to call that one out because I don't know. Do you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't like ragging on. I don't like ragging on an old man like that. So. Well, the thing about it is, it's not, in my opinion. I mean, I'm not. That, it, the original was by uh, Martha and the the, the Vandellas. Yeah, um, great tune, which is a classic tune. But to be fair, this tune, the the Bowie and Jagger. It's it's actually quite a good song. I don't mind it. It's yeah. just the video that gets me every time. I can't. <laughs> I can no longer watch it because I have. Looking I have so much respect. <laughs> I have so much respect for David Bowie, and I like you know I, I like the Stones and Jagger. They these are two iconic, you know, rock symbols. And I think Mick Jagger has always had some absurdity about him. You know the way you think the way, <laughs> the way he sings, um, and if you've ever seen the um, the movie, I think it's called Free Jack, the sci-fi uh, movie. I've heard of it. I've not seen it, but yeah, it's Free it. Jack. If I got that right, but yeah, you should. But David Bowie, you just can't. Like I would never, I would never say anything against him because he he is just one of my all-time musical idols that he, he can't do anything wrong but yet that video exists and and i watch it and i'm go oh, i can't believe this is real <laughs> them two dancing in the street i mean 
how many dro- how much drugs must they have been on? <laughs> Is that actually a question? <laughs> I mean, you know, well, before the video, one of them those Keith Richards, and the other one's David Bowie. <laughs> but but to put as much kind of effort, you know, they, they, it's almost like they really they, they, they really, went in on that video. Yeah, they went <laughs> they went all in. anyway. Look, God, let, let's move on. Another song which I only I would have probably forgotten it had existed had it not played on random. Um, I think I had I had um, my whole music collection on shuffle and suddenly it came up again and i was like oh my god i'd forgotten this fucking song existed and then it played um literally probably a couple of weeks ago and it's um again similar to bowie and jagger it's two artists who are iconic both of which I love, but yeah, it's Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson. The girl is mine. Do you know what? I was just going to say that because that was one I, I need, saw on a lot shout, of lists. Actually, yeah. I saw oh, it on a yeah. lot of lists. Yeah, it it's just it's not only like like forgetting the fact who it's sung by. It it's just so tepid and cringeworthy. I mean, even as a kid when I. I remember listening to it and thinking, "This, this just is, is just weird." But it, but now when you when you when you try and analyze it, it's like even at the time that was recorded, Paul McCartney was probably an old man. You know, he wasn't far off. You know, late later middle aged. I mean, Michael Jackson, I can kind of, you know, he was in his prime. But but when you when you think about it now. It's even worse because you know how old Paul McCartney is, and you know what Michael Jackson is more famous for than his music, and you you just kind of those things enter your head, and you you listen to that the, the song about two two old men arguing about a woman, well a girl, and you know who she who loves them more yeah. of each of them. It's like That's oh my god, this is. <laughs> just weird and it it just puts your teeth on edge um but yeah i think maybe at the time it wasn't as bad but it just has hasn't aged well um but another another call out to mihai kukos who suggested candy dolfa and dave stewart lily was oh, here. yeah lily was here yeah which uh, again, <clears throat> i forgot that song existed and then That's I heard it. Was, was, that like, was that from a film as well? Or was that just. I've got just a feeling it was. No, no. I, I've got. I don't know which film it was from, but mm. I've got a feeling it was. But when you Sexy listen saxophone. to it. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's saxophone versus guitar. It, it's like the worst version of um, Deliverance in, in sax and guitar form. And it's just awful. It, it it isn't a song. It's just two people jamming. That's a proper two man show, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's at least it's you know sold the best, a scene. <laughs> you know, you know, the, you know the best thing about Candy Dolfa. Um, she she obviously is a saxophonist. Uh, the name of her album was called Sexuality. 
Oh no! Oh, yeah. <laughs> wind, oh, yeah. wind instrument puns is probably the lowest. <laughs> That's incredible. I love it. Um, I I wanted to uh, I wanted to set okay, a debate. Okay. Um, so I wasn't sure whether to put it in the good or the bad column of musical collaborations. And my friend Cy Brighton, who submitted this one, in fact, a lot of people shouted this one. Um, I'm surprised neither of you two have uh, have uh, shouted it, but good or bad, Kylie and Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I put her on the spot and asked her, "Is this, is this a good or a bad one?" And she refused to answer. So, uh, what are your I thoughts? Don't, I don't really see it <laughs> being bad. I don't like it, but ultimately, they're both doing what they what they do you know they're both doing it's it's, it's a pop song there's it's not a pop ballad yeah yeah there's nothing challenging or odd or original about it it's just two artists singing a pop song what about you imran i'm i do you, do you I'm think the it's same. Uh, good I... or bad and why is it your favorite tune ever <laughs> I, I i'm trying to think i'm trying i think i might have been sucked into the kylie jason vibe back then Having been a fan of Neighbours, and I think I'm the only one that's probably going to say that in all honesty. Um, but uh, no, but I, 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 yeah, I agree with with Dan. It is what it is. Like, I suppose it's a bit cringy now, but that's the era, probably more so than anything else, isn't it? But um, yeah. yeah, yeah, good shout. But yeah, I'm not sure it's. Yeah. But I, I have one more. Um song from our listeners from shout out to Derek Parkinson who cited apparently I think there's a there's a lot of songs in this collaboration. I don't know if it's an album, but uh he he pointed out there's a song called When Love Comes to Town, which was U two and BB King. Um I haven't actually I, I haven't had a chance to to find it and listen to it, but he maintains it's the, the spawn of Satan and should be killed. <laughs> wow. Strong stuff. Harsh, but, you know. But, um, oh, God, there was... I think that there have been so many weird and wonderful collaborations that have gone terribly wrong or just shouldn't have happened, um, especially... Especially in in the nineties and eighties, I don't I don't know I can't I can't think of any recent ones. But you guys might you might be have your. I was, a, I was actually just gonna I was just doing a little bit of Google research just to skip back a couple of weeks back to your favorite tune and he was here, and uh, apparently it was a smash hit in the Netherlands. It was at number one for five weeks and it got to number yeah. six in the charts over here as well. So it can't have been all bad then. I don't know why you hate it so much. Why do you <laughs> not, hate saxophonists? Why do you not, hate saxophonists, Dan? What, what's, what's your problem with them? Why do you hate I mean, them? I don't hate it. Why do you hate Dave like... Stewart? Why do you hate Eurythmics? Why do you, <laughs> why do you hate Annie Lennox? What's your problem? I don't, I don't hate it as much as me, Hi, but it did remind me that it, it was a fairly terrible song. Another one, actually, uh, I had forgotten was uh, Ibiza, Sleaford Mods and Prodigy. Jesus uh, Christ, that sounds awful. Well, yeah, I mean, Sleaford Mods, they're, they're, I quite like some of their stuff, but you can't listen to 
a lot of it because it's it's just the same droning on because you know the lead singer just sort of talks doesn't really sing it's just him sort of sort of babbling it's a it, it kind of Sounds reminds like me of the, yeah of the pogues or billy bragg stuff i really really hate um so yeah that's that's not a great example but prodigy have done some pretty you know to, to be fair to them they've they've done some um quite good collaborations and i remember they they did what did one is it crispin mills the guy from cooler shaker um uh, I, don't yeah. I think it's not narianne or something like that um from fat of the land but also i think chemical brothers they did setting sun with noel gallagher um i yeah, think chemical brothers did quite quite a few decent ones yeah, they, they. I think they they, <clears throat> they did, and 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 I think they've done. Uh, what was the? Yeah, man, you should know this. Galvanize with Q-tip. Yay! There you go. <laughs> Before I'd even. Question. <laughs> yeah, um, I think they've they've done some fantastic one. I think did did Noel Gallagher did do Temper Temper with Goldie as well? Was that? I think that was. Goldie and Noel Gallagher. So he's definitely done some um, good kind of dance rock collaborations. Mm. But yeah, um, I think we've pretty much covered the uh, global collaboration music sphere quite quite comprehensively from the good, the bad and everything in between. From Paris so, Hilton to Jay Z <laughs> and everything in between. And um I don't know. I'm really missing like I I, I feel there's a whole children's t- television area where Roland Rat has has appeared. Oh on, no, we're not going down that rabbit hole. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> on that rat hole. Oh, no, no, rat hole. Yeah. Hell no. Excellent. Well, Thank you to everyone for tuning in. Um, do join us for the next episode. But in the meantime, thanks a lot. Take care. Adios. That bouncer was so hot, but honestly, that's not an excuse to be fucking rude. Literally. What promoter are you with? As if I even need a fucking promoter to get into this club. No, like literally, you don't deserve that. Ugh, why isn't my phone charging? Do you need a pee? Yeah, I have to pee. Right, let's go. Walking VIP, don't need no drink. Sick is buddy, I got money. Milk and honey, all my bitches acting funny like, uh. They popping bottles like, uh. They on my body like, uh. They got the tab and they call me bad, but all I see is fuck boys everywhere trying to make a pass. But I can't stop looking at my best friend's ass. Fuck, fuck, fuck boys everywhere trying to make a pass. But I can't stop looking at my best friend's ass. Fuck, 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 boys. Fucking rude. It's like it's gonna make moves They say, ooh, I like your shoes Oh, you fuck with Jimmy Choo Uh, they poppin' bottles like, uh 
Lit on my body like, uh They got the tab and they call me bad But all I see is fuck boys everywhere Trying to make a pass But I can't stop looking at my best friend's ass Fuck, fuck, fuck boys everywhere Trying to make a pass But I can't stop looking at my best friend's ass Fuck, fuck there were so many good um, soundtracks oh fuck me hang on a hang on a minute guys what was that that is two cats fighting. I think that was his cats here kicking off <laughs> 